Hey y'all, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. It's a Thursday, and we usually do throwback episodes on Thursdays, but today's a little special, as you saw in the title. We have a pretty amazing guest, Bear Grills, And yes, it is that Bear Grills. There's I probably only one of them. There might be another Bear Grills out there somewhere, but it's a pretty rare name. It is the Bear Grills, the adventurer, the man vs. wild, running wild with Bear Grills, just legend all around. Like, you know, I don't know what there is to say. Like, it, it, there's uh, pages and pages of pages of his adventures and achievements and things he's done. Uh, Chief Scout of the Scouts. Like, he, there's so many things he does and has done. But today is actually the release of his newest show called I Survived Bear Grills. Uh, you can watch it on TBS. Uh, the trailer is linked in the show notes if you want to check it out and a little bit about it. But so what it's about is, you know, after spending his entire career rescuing himself and putting others through intense situations and uh, saving others from near-death experiences, uh, he's flipping the script and creating a game show with adventure where uh, seeing if contestants can beat him as, at his own game and survive everything that he goes through. Bear was gracious enough to sit down with me last week in New York City to talk about it. Pretty cool opportunity. It all happened pretty quickly, and I was able to make it happen. And uh, It's a shorter interview, but we're going to be doing a little bit longer interview later in the year as the show progresses. We're going to be interviewing Bear again with his co-host for I Survived, well as with Jordan Conley, the co-host of I Survived. Just hear their stories, hear about the series, how it's going. Um, but this was a really special and unique opportunity. As y'all know, I don't get the chance to sit down and talk to guests uh, in person a lot. Obviously, you know, Bear being from the UK, it, there's very small chance, but it worked out. And so here it is. Let's go ahead and dive in. Bear Grills, welcome to Adventure Sports Podcast. How's it going? Yeah, good. Nice to be, <laughs> nice to be with you. You know, there's a lot of uh, scenarios I imagine meeting you. I'm like, yes. you know, where do you think you're going to meet Bear Grills? It wouldn't be here in well, Central all Park. I'd, so. All I'd say is, is uh, I don't do a lot of these. And I tend to do them when we're like on a press day, which we are now. So in New York for press for this new show. And uh, and Dell, who's with us here, who travels around, been on so many adventures with me over the years. He always goes, it's like, it's like, a, well, his his less polite one would be herding cats, which is like getting me through New York. That's the less polite one. Yeah, okay. he's, he says it's like taking Crocodile Dundee to town. It's like, if you let it out, he's gone. But we did, we had a nice, nice uh, run around Central Park, got the shirt off, got in the sun, lay on the ground, got under a tree for 10 minutes feel re-grounded, recharged, ready back into press interviews. So yeah, nice to nice to be with you. That is a concept I want to dive in. Yeah. A, a quick trip outside, sitting under a tree, laying in the grass, does that still, that still does that for you? Gets you, gets you a little bit of nature. For someone who's used to just huge things, it's that still does it's everything. It's the only, it's the, it's the center of every day. You know, where wherever I am, try in the morning to get outside, get sun on the face, get the shoes off, even when it's cold, move through, move through the grass, over the rocks, through the mud. Uh, I've never been scared of, scared of mud, even in the city. I, I, think it's, I think it's a great thing. I think it's healing. I think the fresh air is important. And then try and, try and get a workout in most days, you know, short and sharp, sort of strength, 
strength workout as I get older, I kind of really feel the resistance training is really important. Then I'll, uh, then I get cold, get in a, you know, cold shower or whatever, and then I'm ready to hit the day. You know, those little things add up, huh? That's awesome. But I think we find the things, don't we, in our life that that works and that heals us and that grounds us. And I find as I get older, I need these things more and more. I gravitate towards those those elements of my life and the wild and the outdoor places have been healing beautiful influences through so much of my life from a kid growing up through to so many of the adventures and and through to my job and all of that stuff through to being a dad so yeah try not to ever forget the roots and keep the roots at the heart of everything literally well i think you know as you know you lie under a tree or you know it sounds wacky but even put your hands on a tree you know, I, I've done it for years, even just, you know, even if you're in a city, you don't have to be in a massive rainforest to feel the power of nature. And, you know, even Central Park, which is, I find New York hectic and, and, and hard. I, I, I can't do more than a day. <laughs> and these guys know it. <laughs> but I come, but I find even like Central Park is old. I mean, you go to some of those rocks. If you, if you rewound a thousand years, that rock wouldn't look any different. You know, and and they're they're trees that are hundreds of years old, and I don't know. There's something great about connecting with nature wherever you are, even in a city. And I often, you know, say this to scouts as one of the jobs I do as chief scout to all these incredible 55 million young scouts around the world. But that adventure truly is a state of mind, and you can get it in a city just as much as in the big mountains. And looking at the map here, Central Park's huge. I mean, it's a big area. It's big, yeah. It's a, and you it's can, a valuable real estate that they had a lot of foresight to set aside. Great planning. Yeah, and thank goodness that it's here for those be a lot those um, hillbillies like myself who come to New York and struggle a little bit. There's something Are great. Are you a hillbilly? Well, a, a UK version of it, okay, yeah. Because I'm mean, a redneck. For sure. I oh, mean, yeah. it's like, you know, what and, and proud. I mean, we, we, yeah, we're super proud. I, I, I mean, it's come on. It's, it. a, it's the... It means you're connected with the land. You laugh at yourself, and you 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 have good old real friends. Yeah, that's what it means to me. That's uh, <laughs> I'm 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 so redneck. The place I came from, we invented the toothbrush, and they said if it would have been invented somewhere like New York, it would have been called the teeth brush. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a, that's a dad joke like yeah, that's, my, that's, my powers yeah. are like i'm on prime right now you know what i mean these little well, you kids. got a full full set of them in today <laughs> right yeah. yeah one of my goals in life tell, tell barry girl some dad jokes what what would you say and i don't know if you want to dive into stuff like this but you're on camera a ton i've heard you describe yourself as an introvert which is crazy to think about but what are some of the big misconceptions about you and the way you live and kind of your lifestyle what what I'm envisioning with that question is people just think you're always out doing big things, but really, what is what is your life like? Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting question. Of I, th- I think people are often surprised that I really struggle in front of the camera so much, and I really do. I mean, it's a real gets worse as I get older, which I find annoying. <laughs> it's yeah, not not um, convenient. But you know what? I I've learned not to run from that and not to not to mind that kind of fact and not to try and hide it. You know, I think the irony is that tension has always been part of the success of why things have worked. And the more I look at things around me nowadays, if you like, you know, it's, it's that thing of 
the person who loves being on stage speaking is generally a bore you know but the person it's a struggle and they're speaking from in here and it's hard and here we go you're generally interested to hear and I think it's the same with tv if somebody loves being on tv and it's all kind of I think I don't, I don't know maybe it's not worse but I, I all I can say is for me it's a struggle and it always has been and from day one from my first ever show from man versus wild where the cameraman said you know I, I never forget we were walking into the start point of a journey do you want to hear this story I mean, was I dozing off or something? No, no, no. Uh, but I kind of <laughs> always think, oh, no. people want to know. No, it's, this, Does anyone know this? But this is, I haven't stories. told this one before, but I mean, yeah, no. we were, episode one, the pilot show of Man vs. Wild, I'd done nothing on TV. And we were a small team. And I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew is the guy said, we're going to drop you in, a, in the middle of somewhere and you're going to have your small team with you and just gun it, go and film it all. And, uh, and we were walking to where we were going to start this journey and and a snake came across the path we were on. We were in the Rockies. And I grabbed the camera guy. I said, it's fine. It's, and it was coming towards us. And I said, just stand still. It'll go past. And the snake went past. And then we carried on. And then we got to the place where we were starting. And the cameraman goes, okay, well, here we, here we go. Let's see where this journey leads. And he pressed record. <laughs> and he pointed it at me. And he said, so here we go. What's happening? I was like, oh, um... Uh, hmm. I, I didn't know what I like froze I didn't know what to do and he I'll never forget Simon he just put the camera down he goes remember when we were back there on the trail and that snake came across and you told me what to do and you you know explained why the snake was doing that he goes just forget the camera just just let's do it like that I went okay and then he never ever again said like camera on action it was just like he'd hold it like this always hold it low like long long arm, hang it down by his ankle. And he just go, he wouldn't say anything. We'd just start going. And then as we start moving and running and jumping and he'd slowly lifted up and it would end up in his shoulder. By that stage, I wouldn't even notice it. And I'd always talk to him and I'd always help him and he'd help me and you see his hand in and out. And this was the raw, raw beginnings of a type of filming that became something that I felt I can do I don't mind that because I don't I'm not thinking about a camera I'm just thinking about the adventure and actually planning a route and looking at the weather and thinking have we got everyone together and is everyone good and can we get down this and and that became the show uh but they always used to, and then they'd often say well oh hold on we've missed something can we pick that up and then it would be terrible so they just learned very quickly you can't pick things up like that we've either got it or we haven't got it and the raw mess and incompleteness of everything is actually okay and is where the energy comes from and therefore over the years I've learned not to mind the fact that I don't like being on camera just that tension is a good thing the harder things for me are things like days like today where I've got to do you know got to oh, be in front no no you see I find it easier <laughs> being and easier to speak like to this sort of thing so off camera I just don't like cameras I just really really don't like cameras and it's now a running joke with our team. It's like, just sneak it on. <laughs> yeah, don't say action. Anyway, I'm, right? I'm waffling, but you get it. Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. I know on this show we don't always talk about gear, but good versus bad gear can make or break an adventure experience. And I find the best gear is the gear that I don't even think about on the adventure. 
And what I mean is that the gear doesn't get in the way. It's not uncomfortable, it's not low quality, and it also doesn't have tons of distracting bells and whistles. It's what I need and it's gonna hold up. And that's why I'm a huge fan of Outdoor Vitals. They create ultralight performance gear the right way. It's built by outdoor enthusiasts for outdoor enthusiasts. It is absolutely not designed and made by people with suit and ties and a corporate office somewhere. I know the folks personally at Outdoor Vitals. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. And what I found as I get better and better and more experience in the outdoors is I'm willing to pay for quality because a lot of times you only pay for it once because it lasts forever. And that's what I'm finding with Outdoor Vitals. I own around half a dozen pieces of gear from them and I wear it out and it is still holding up. And there's all these little things that they've thought through, like with their sleeping bag, there's a zipper right in the middle and I find it so much more comfortable to zip my sleeping bag up right there. And there's all these tiny little improvements they've made without it being you know, useless distractions or just the latest thing that doesn't really actually help. So I know when I need a piece of gear and I don't want to do all the crazy research into what's best, I know that the folks at Outdoor Vitals have thought through it all. And if you want to check out some of their new innovations and the great gear they have, go to OutdoorVitals.com. Again, that's OutdoorVitals.com. Tell them Mason at Adventure Sports Podcast sent you. We all love getting out in the wild. Whether you're camping, fishing, kayaking, whatever it is, you want to know that you're prepared and ready for anything. Enter the Rely On Battery Outlaw 1072S, a portable power station built exclusively for off-grid adventure, fulfilling your battery needs anytime you're out in the wild. The 1,000-watt Outlaw packs 72 amp hours of power. That translates to over 250 phone charges or a whole week's lighting. And with an LCD screen for a real-time readout of your power status, you'll never get caught without power. Recharge at home from your vehicle, or you can even use solar energy. You get zero carbon emissions, bringing all the power you need without all the noise and fumes of a gas generator like you see oftentimes at campgrounds. Plan your next adventure with Outlaw from RelyOn. Currently on sale for a limited time at RelyOnBattery.com slash adventure. And that's R-E-L-I-O-N Battery.com slash adventure. RelyOn Outlaw 1072S. Powering adventure without limits. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Oh, no, I get it. No, that uh, reminds me. Are you familiar with a guy named John Muir? He's the father of the national parks, saved Yosemite, saved Yellowstone. I mean, he was hugely influential in why land is even protected, like protected land is even a concept. Mm. He pushed that heavily in the late 18th, 1800s. He got famous for his writing. That's how he got the message out. That was the marketing. Loathed every word he ever wrote hated writing, dreaded it, but it was so powerful and it worked. And yeah. I think that tension worked. So I imagine if he just decided not to. Oh, this siren's pretty loud, ain't it? Let's let's give it a That's give how a we second. know we're in New York. Right there. Um but that that reminds me of that a lot. And I'll say this while the siren's getting out of the way. The camera thing coming on. I've had so many friends on this show where I'm like, all right, let's hit record and they don't, and they, like, what happened? I was just talking to my friend, and then yeah. now I hit this this red button's shining, and 
they fall they can't do it it's crazy it's really yeah. weird how that happens and there's no camera yeah. involved you know so yeah. I've, I've seen it happen with other people too yeah it, it, it's a practice skill well i think it's okay it's okay you know we all have our stuff don't we in life we all have the stuff we struggle with and i think one of the lessons i've learned is don't run from this scary stuff you know and actually just because you're something makes you nervous doesn't mean it's not a reason not to do it you know otherwise i'd never have done any tv otherwise i'd never done any of this but I do think we're kind of conditioned often to run from the scary stuff, run from the stuff we're scared of. And all that happens is that the green monkey on our back, the thing we fear, gets bigger. And actually when you stop and you face it and you walk towards it, things are okay. I mean, the wild says it, doesn't it, all the time. Face the wolves, swim strong when you're surrounded by sharks. Don't, don't run because in the wild everything gets worse. Unless it's a saltwater crocodile, actually, that one. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generally, you get yeah, the generally, idea. Generally, <laughs> generally speaking. Speaking of monkey, wasn't that one of your nicknames growing up? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. Was there a chance we'd be talking to monkey grills right now? So, uh, a strong chance. In, in an alternate yeah. universe. But um, yeah, at school, my dad taught me to climb when I was a young yeah. young boy, and uh, and at school that was the kind of only thing I was ever much good at, and even that I wasn't brilliant at it, but I loved it, and um. I was always a kid that could climb up the buildings and up the drain pipes and over the up the roofs and I used to love that. I used to lead little kind of missions at night time and sneak out of the window and go and climb up this stuff. So at a young age it was monkey, but but actually but bear was before that really. I mean I was christened Edward, and then my sister went cool. That became Ted Teddy. And then that became Bear, and it was always. I mean, it's it's down, down in the south. We call it your government name. You know, you, go, you, got, exactly. you got a government name. You got the name. Everybody. Yeah, knows I've got my it. government name, and I got my name. It's always been ever since, from from teachers to sergeants in the military to it's always been Bear. But you're right; it could have been Monkey. Monkey, and I still don't... is to two of my great friends. Okay, yeah. oh, it's not <laughs> nearly as marketable. I don't think we'd be doing that. I don't, maybe we'll see. Maybe who knows? It could have worked even better. I think. Bear well, it's funny is. because it's sort of. Somebody came up to me the other day, they go, is that your real name? I suppose Bear Grylls does sound it's sort of, I don't know. I feel quite detached from that person, actually, often, to be honest. Bear Grylls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, that becomes the sort of a thing of, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, I think, I think the gulf between the real person and, and the, the Bear Grylls of TV probably gets bigger. <laughs> and if you've been one of the people walking past seeing me asleep under the tree... 20 minutes ago, <laughs> you would have gone, is that really? Is that Bear? Is that Bear Grylls? <laughs> it's oh, not very wow. heroic, sleep under a bush. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. So speaking of that, a lot of your time, a lot of what people know you is through a lens, through a camera. You've got this new show coming out. What, what is different about this I Survived? What I, now, what I'm noticing, and I've heard you talk about this, is kind of moving away almost from like personal achievement more towards community focus. I feel like community's always been there, but almost getting that in front of the camera more. Well, I think what I've always loved about the wild, from my own experience and from what I've seen with with scouts or, or from running wild, as I love the way the outdoors builds people, it builds quiet confidence and courage, and teaches just it doesn't. It's just about respect and humility and connection and friendships and challenge and risk and effort and struggle and failure all these words that I love that for me are life right there I, I love that part of the outdoors and, and the wild and I see how that builds people so I've always tried to do shows that keep 
that at the beating heart. It's about empowering other people. It's what I've always tried to make, even with that original Man vs. Wild show, always try to make it about this is what you could do. If you've got nothing else and you're up against it, this is what you could do. It's what I try and do with Running Wild. I take all these, they might be superstars, but they're often adventure wilderness rookies. They know nothing. And it's kind of fun because you're saying, you know, look, the wild is amazing. And and these guys come, they don't, they don't need the money or the fame. They come because they want that intangible thing that the outdoors gives us that you know so much about as well. And you can't buy it. You've got to earn it. And the doorway is through blood, mud, sweat and tears and struggle and failure and, and being cold, wet and hungry. But it's amazing, the other side of that. And uh, so I've always tried to keep that spirit at the heart of all the shows. And I Survived Bear Grylls is just a, it's just a, like a microcosm version of that. We've turned all of that spirit of being empowered, being challenged and then empowered, turned it into a survival adventure game show, essentially, where I recreate these disaster survival scenarios, put people in it, see who crumbles, see who thrives. Each episode, one winner. Super fun, lighthearted, but with a real kind of heart to it. And, and it's that thing of there are a lot of armchair survivalists out there. I mean, you know this more than me. You meet them the whole time as well. And and it's easy. The wild and survival and adventure all sounds great and glamorous until you're beat up at four in the morning, cold. You know it. And the glamour's gone. The romance oh, is it's gone. it's gone. And you're crying. I don't know if you cry out there. I cry when they're thinking this. There have definitely hard. been some moments. It's just like, this is going to be a great story, though. Well, and a great, you know, that's the thing. Our, our scars and our wrinkles, they're, they're all stories, aren't they? But my point is there are a lot of armchair guys who come up to me and they go, oh, if I was in this situation, I'd smash it. And, or, if, or they say, you know, if my, my dad was in this, he'd be so good at this. Or my wife would be a demon in this. If, yeah. And it's like words are words. Let's take these people. And each episode, we take 10 of them. We put them in these intense, short, sharp survival situations. And, uh, and it's going to test their spirit and their physicality and their resilience and their mental strength. And, and at the end, there's one winner. And it's always the unexpected ones at the end. And it's why this show has been, for me, so inspiring to do is, is that those who are just words tend to go. And those that are all heart tend to grow. And I love that. Yeah, they're rhymed. I don't know if you noticed. I know you're tired. No, there you go. Yeah, some accidental rhyming. Yeah, yeah. Any big difference between celebrities and non-celebrity adventures? Maybe, maybe, or are they just, you know, like normal everybody else? You know? Well, I think that is more the truth, actually. And that's what another thing I love about the wild. It's a great leveler. It doesn't care how famous you are, how rich you are, who you are. You know, it just it just asks, asks you give your all and it rewards that and it... It's a humbling place, and if you don't respect it, it's going to kick your ass. You know, it's that thing of Mother Nature, like your mama. If you respect her, she'll treat you right. But if you disrespect her, she'll teach you a lesson you'll never forget. And I think it doesn't matter whether you're a celebrity or whoever, a kid or a regular person like on I Survived Bear Grylls. You know, it's, it just asks a question. It doesn't care who you are, but it asks a question. What are you made of? And the wild, as you know better than anyone, is... It challenges us. It asks us, who are you made of when you're under pressure, when you're hurting? And, you know, you're never always going to be great in those moments. But I do think being able to have that calm in the crisis and step up in the big moments is a muscle inside that we can all develop. And it's great to see in people. Who inspires you these days? 
I think um, I think one of the proudest things I do is my role as chief scout to all these young people around the world, and you know I, I get to travel to a lot of countries and. I see scouts helping out in refugee camps and disaster zones all around the world, often from the most difficult and challenging backgrounds. Young people coming together, united with a common set of good values, trying to be kind and helpful. You know, and it's it's hard not to be moved by that. And I see, which I regularly do, young scouts holding the hands of like dementia sufferers in senior citizens' homes, just quietly on a Wednesday night. You know, awesome. I mean, it's like kindness makes the world a better place. And time and time again, it's, it's young people that are always the inspiration. And it's that's me at heart. It's how it all started for me. Nothing's really changed. And I don't want to ever drift too far away from that. I want to live knowing that adventure truly is that state of mind. Tell us a little bit about Outdoors.com. But, uh, you know, I know this is this is something you champion so much, the outdoors. It's why It's why we... It's why we started this this business, Outdoors.com, is to bring people together, people who love the the wild places and want to be well-resourced and have community and, and the connections. And ultimately, we go to the wild often for that quiet and that solitude and that healing and all that good stuff. But it's always really rooted in relationships and with great friends, people we go through those experiences with. And even when we're on our own, it's about relationships between us and, and the outdoors. So I'm really proud of the team at Outdoors.com, partnering with great people, helping many people. Start of a really fun adventure for me, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bear, for being on Adventure Sports Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.